Welcome to Curious with Josh Peck. Start the show. Boom, shaka, shaka, shakalaka, boom. Ooh-wah, ooh-wah, shakalaka. Welcome back to the Curious Podcast. My name is Joshua Michael Peck, and your name is Listener, and that's what you do. You listen. Hi, a truck is coming by. Sorry about that. But I record this in my car, because I have a two-bedroom apartment, 1,200 square feet. Don't judge, okay? It's quite spacious. But I have a little nine-month-old son, and his voice travels. And he just has no respect for dad's uh, auditory. Jesus, is that a fucking car alarm? What the fuck is going on here? This is just... Uh, doesn't this street know <laughs> that the Curious Podcast is currently recording? I mean, what is, these uppity fucking suburbanites think that people don't come here to record their podcasts in their car with their mobile kid? God... That's Trump's America, goddammit. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Trump, Trump, President Trump. Should I talk about it? Nah. Why? Because who gives a shit? You don't listen to my podcast to hear about that, right? It's enough already. Speaking of hearing less political commentary and opinions, I've deleted Twitter from my cellular phone, and I can't fucking tell you how nice it is. And listen, I'm a fan of the company. I've worked for them. I still work for them at times. And, you know, by that I mean some of their, like, subsidiary, you know, they have different departments that link, like, influencers with brands and whatnot to do cool campaigns. And I think that's fabulous. But for me, I mean, and again, this isn't me knocking the platform. This is me knocking me, Josh Peck, in that I'm sensitive and susceptible to... I am, I'm reactionary. And the more information I take in, the more I want to react. I'm also ultra self-centered. And so having direct access to a platform in which I can search my name and find what every human on earth thinks of me, good or bad, is just a t- it's not the best recipe for good old JP. So while I'm a huge fan of the platform and I access it on my desktop computer regularly, multiple times a week, I'm no longer allowing myself that, like, shot to the vein, direct, like, pushing the plunger down and being able to just free base, just nonstop uh, information at all times, whether I'm in line at Coffee Bean or I'm waiting to walk into a meeting or, let's be honest, I'm watching my son... (laughs) Or whatever, you know, because it's all alarming and frustrating. And it's, you know, I've gotten shit before for following Donald Trump. And I'm like, well, he's the president of the country in which I live. And he's the leader of the free world, for better or for worse, today. And so whilst I don't align with his politics in pretty much any respect, I like to stay ahead of it. When he's tweeting that cuckoo crazy craze. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do want to know what the dude has to say. Even if I pretty much 98.9% of the time don't agree. Um, But then I follow like all the super left, you know, Yashar Ali and Sean King. Like these people who I think are doing like 
really important work and whom I like align with in almost every respect most of the time. But, you know, forgive me, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're constantly, their feed is just full of things to be alarmed about. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, guys, like, it's just so much. And maybe that makes me like, a lazy piece of shit, you know, maybe uh, by, you know, not absorbing this information on a regular basis, maybe I'm not doing my part, I'm not staying engaged, but I, I find that it, it has uh, diminishing returns being this upset this long all the time, you know, and it just seems like whenever you get on Twitter, there's something to be upset about, like I've never gotten on any social media, and basically it's just you know, a couple words of black text on a white screen that says, everything's all good, check back in later. (laughs) Nothing to see here. Go, you know, read to your son. Everything is fine and so are you. Check back in after you've done something nice for someone. Could you fucking imagine if this was a... Did I just create... The first feel-good social media? Man, I wasn't even trying. But, you know, there's got to be something. And, you know, like the Twitter headlines sometimes would just be like, you know, there's just certain things. I just want to, you know, I'm like, is this, you know, I don't, yeah. It's always someone doing something that I didn't know was important and it's the biggest deal in the world. Uh, someone has done this and it's very good for them and here's why you should know about it. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that, like, this person, this was important. And maybe it's not important, it's just important for now, for the next 60 minutes. And then their name will sort of, you know, recede and drop in the, you know, in, in the trend until inevitably... They're just relegated back to normal everyday life until they do something trend-worthy again in a couple of days or weeks or whatever. But, you know, it's just like, it's nice not going to uh, a page where every day you're sort of reminded that there's someone doing something important that you didn't, you might not have even known that person exists but especially that you didn't know that that was important and that you sure aren't doing it. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Am I making myself clear? Does this make sense? I don't know. I just don't want to like always be measuring myself against like everyone else's accomplishment accomplishments, especially when it's like people that I didn't, you know, I, I shouldn't, I'm not even aware of who they are. And that doesn't make them good or bad. But, you know, maybe I should measure myself against people who I just was introduced to on an app three and a half seconds before I, you know, read what they're up to. Right? Maybe I should measure myself against my friends and the people that I know for sure are people in which I, you know, have things and are people that I want to strive to be like. Maybe I should stop striving. Maybe the striving's the problem, right? That's what the Buddhists would say. Stop trying. Is that what the Buddhists would say? I have no fucking idea what I just said. You know, I bet people do that a lot. It's very Zen of you. Is it? 
Or did you just say that because it sounded good? Do you know about Zen? I don't. And I would bet a lot of people that say shit like, that's very Zen of you. Or, wow, you're so woke. Mm, says you. And who the fuck are you? You're, you know... You don't open your mail in time, and you, I'm pretty sure, have never donated a dollar to a charity. So who are you to be the arbiter of wokeness, right? I mean, let's get down to it. You know, let's decide who we want to accept compliments from. No? Am I alone here? Oh, that's fine. Um, I continue to deal with this frustration, or just like, it's just a bit of annoyance when people, and this is like, I'm, 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 I'm dipping my toe into douchebaggery here, so I will qualify now that this is like inherently douchey what I'm talking about in general, but I do have an opinion on it, and thus I will sort of uh, trust or take a leap of faith in believing that by me expressing a real experience, someone out there will understand where I'm coming from. And this actually correlates a lot with what I talk about with my guest today, Macaulay Culkin, who is a great friend and just a... I'm just such a big fan of this this human. He, uh, you know, I originally I did a movie called Mean Creek with his younger brother, Rory Culkin, and we got really close because Rory's one of my favorite people as well, and he's so talented, and I, I'm dying to have him on the pod. And as you'll hear, I met, you know, Mac through Rory and uh, became such a fan of his, and I feel so lucky that he did my podcast. He has his own own podcast you should listen to that we talk about on the pod and that I will plug again in the outro um, that I was on. But but nevertheless, so before we get into that, we sort of talk about this during the interview, but you know, I have a catchphrase. I have some things that I said on a TV show that was incredibly popular that have sort of become a part of the lexicon when people think of me. So when I meet people out and about, they find it appropriate to scream this fucking thing at me. <laughs> and I just don't know what goes through people's head. What's wrong with you? Like, this is what really kills me. And maybe it's just me. When people come up to me and they say my catchphrase. And there's like a couple lines from the show I did on It's a Kid Show. Maybe you've seen it. <laughs> You know, they say it to me, and they've got these these eyes like Bambi. They say it, and then they look at me like, can you fucking believe how cool I am that I just said that to you? Is that the first time you're hearing it? They think it's the first time. They look at me as though they have just told me, you won a million dollars. Like, they, they, they look at me like they've just told me, one of the secrets of the universe. Like, they're so impressed with themselves. And that's what really kills me, because I want to say, say to them, I really appreciate that you love the show. And I appreciate that you love me. And I couldn't do what I do without people enjoying what I do like you. So for that, I'm, I'm truly grateful. But ma'am, or sir, do you really think <laughs> that this is the first time I'm hearing that? It's a catchphrase. I was tired of it when I had to say it for the umpteenth time on the show. And now I've been hearing it 
every other day for 13 years. <laughs> you seem like a smart person. I would like to understand your line of thinking. What? What part of where? What? Or do they just go? Do they? Is there? Is it just like when you meet someone who you grew up with or that you like on a show or whatever? You just kind of go into a like a fugue state, like just into like such a tunnel vision, and you want to find something to relate to that person with to like show them like, oh no, don't worry, like we have a a language of the heart. We, you know, you and I speak a particular language. Allow me to. Um, say greetings in that language and then they say the catchphrase assuming that you this alien celebrity will go oh my god i'm safe here oh they they've said welcome to earth and they're not going to kill my species we're we're okay like right oh god my phone's ringing this is just so unprof i'm sorry guys just i'm going to pause this for one second hold on hold on god I I am so fucking sorry about that, and I hate myself for that. And you don't deserve that. You don't deserve why? What? Oh, big time! You know, Josh Peck getting phone calls in the middle of his podcast intro, right? I don't. I'm not proud of what just happened. I'm ashamed of it, and I wouldn't. I would not be surprised if you just turned this podcast off right now and you went and turned on Dak Shepard's my sworn enemy because he basically makes the same podcast as me but better <laughs> fuck I'm so jealous of him he's not my enemy I I actually I, he's very talented and I Dax please come on the, I don't expect you to invite me on yours because listen you're getting a high level of talent and I'm not there yet I want to be and I'm gonna do my fucking best but until then if you want to you know throw a scrap to a lowly podcaster who's lucky to get in the top 100s of the comedy section of apple podcasts we would forever we would be indebted to you forever sir mr shepherd mr commodore admiral shepherd colonel shepherd we would we'll do and the wolf peck <laughs> we will We'll wash your cars. I'm sure you have a couple. Uh, we'll wash your house, right? That yeah. Well, the, the my devoted listeners, we will figure out a way to do something nice for you if you would ever come on the show. Totally up to you. I know you're busy. Um, on today's show, Macaulay Culkin. I kind of already gave him the intro, so he's awesome. He's got his own podcast um, that I've been on. Great fun episode and I don't want to butcher the name of it I know there's a bunny in the name but I want to make sure I get it perfectly because he deserves that and it's important so I'm going to give it to you right now it's called bunny ears I knew that's what it was called but I I got scared and I didn't want to commit and say the wrong thing bunny ears podcast listen to it now but right now listen to him on my pod enjoy No, that's huge. I mean, this this is my podcast company gave me, and I I mean, 
It's done me well thus far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go, 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 go. Exactly. Listen, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah, got a screen. Um, can I have a cigarette? Hello, hello, church, church. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, this is. Look at us smoking cigarettes while podcasting. I know. Who are we? I know. Indoors. Indoors. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're very Parisian. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me of my, my my time in Paris. There I you know. Go. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Well, the uh, liquor store only had one hundreds, so now <laughs> I, I feel I feel like my aunt from Florida. I don't even have an aunt from Florida, but here we go. <laughs> I think we all have an aunt from Florida. Mm-hmm. But yes, yes. So I got my got my one hundreds, my Parliament one hundreds. Look at us being artists. I know that, right? Exactly, artists. We're 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 untethered. Yes, exactly. Yes, <laughs> I think I think that's a perfect way to put it. Untethered. Um, <laughs> you are, are are a successful day drinker. I've noticed. Yes, I yeah. I, I think successful is a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, like it's also the summertime, so mm. having a, a nice glass of Pinot Gris mm. during the, during the day, during a hot summer day, I don't, I don't, dis- it doesn't disagree with me. I'm in uh, because I'm I was such an unsuccessful drinker that I had to stop completely. Mm. I'm always I appreciate when someone can do it well. Well, I, you know what it is? I think I just hold it well. Like uh, my lady, she's like just like you know she'll have like a couple of glasses or something like that, like every once in a while, and she's like. I don't know how you can polish off a bottle by yourself. Kind of thing. Okay. Fair. It's like, yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's well, fair. It's you're fair. like, honey, you don't have the same voices. I well, do. you know, I'm Irish. <laughs> yes. Yes. Actually, I'm only a quarter Irish, but it's the proud part. So it's the one that talks the most about being Irish. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, um, but yes, no, I, I, I do enjoy some Pinot Gris, you know, during the afternoon and stuff. Well, listen, I used to actually be the kind of guy that could polish off a bottle of whiskey in a day. Kind no, of like, yeah, like a whole bottle. Like yeah, that was that was yeah. I'm not saying it was, not, saying it was nothing, but it was it was you know it was it was it was not something. Darker times. Uh, not even darker. Honestly, it was a bowl and a biscuit. It was great. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I, it was great. We had a, I had a good time during that era. But uh, at the same time, my um, kidneys, my liver, and my stomach uh, didn't really appreciate it after a while, kind of thing. Like, yeah. So I only could do that for a couple of years. Was that? Did you start seeing the outline of your liver? Uh, no, no, not yet. No, 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 but that's what I was trying to prevent. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But like, you know, but my kidneys would make sounds. Like I'd be sitting on the can and just like I'd be and like, yeah, it was making those kind of noises. And I was like, what's that? And then I had to get my stomach checked and I got a couple of ulcers and the doctor was like, listen, take it easy. Take yeah. it easy. So I've been downgrading. You know, I, I, I moved from whiskey to champagne and from champagne to Pinot Grigio. So there you go. So what? I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm curbing my behavior apparently. Uh, I'm impressed. Oh, thanks. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> you know, yeah. Champagne seems like the roughest of all. Like I feel like when I drink champagne, I, it was never a great day after. Um, you know, cause it's the sugar content, you know, right. and yeah, that kind of thing. But um, when I was living in Paris, it was like, yeah, no, I would polish off about like three bottles of champagne a day. Kind of thing. Okay. And also doing a lot of mimosas, which is also even worse for my stomach because it has all that acid in it. Oh, so good. Yeah, but it was also like great. You know, but, just sitting around eating croissants and drinking mimosas all day long. A lot of vitamin but, C. But also, I'd have like a, a, a tall tumbler though. Also, <laughs> so like, it wasn't just champagne glasses. It was like no, it was a tumbler. Like yeah, like, yeah. That's, that's what I do. Some yeah, yeah. call it a big gulp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I would big gulp it a little bit. You know, yeah, yeah. But then also like. I would also garden and things like that. Like, I was like, I'm going to maintain flowers. I'm going to drink all day and maintain flowers. And it wasn't that bad. Like, yeah, it was a good life. It was a good life. <laughs> Do you find the geographics 
will be more kind to some some uh, prodigious drinking because I feel like in Paris, well, there's good booze that's at, at like a reasonable price, this kind of thing. I mean, I, I'll see things on the wine list in America that I can get for twenty bucks there, and it's like a hundred and twenty bucks over right. here, kind of thing. And I get some import kind of like taxes and fees and all that kind of stuff, but at the same time. It's also no, they're overcharging us because it's French, you know, sure. kind of thing. Like, yeah, like you know, you're not really seeing the same prices on like Moroccan wine or whatever it is, like that kind of stuff. So you know, yeah. But also, people are just drinking more there, no? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess so. But you know, I, I really couldn't say because it's listen, the Germans drink a, a shit ton because they just drink beer, you know, yeah. like that kind of thing. Like you know, like uh, Egyptians drink a good amount, you know, for an Islamic country. Like they actually like they drink. Uh, um, uh, the British drink. Here's what I'll say: is that I spent about seven months doing like all going around Europe, doing the backpacking thing, mm. and uh, uh, every single culture would say we're a drinking culture. Every single one of them said that. You yeah, know, humans even, drink. Yeah, the Norwegians would say it. You know, the the the, the British would say it. Like mm. that kind of stuff. You know, the Italians. Like, oh, we drink out of vino. You know, yeah. So yeah, it, it's so you know, we all we all drink. You know, yeah. So uh, it's it's hard to say that like it's it's a cultural thing because every culture has it. Mm. Yeah. So you know that that, but also at the same time, I I will say it's. It, sometimes it makes me like sound like snobby or whatever, but like. The French wines are better. Look, they really, really are. I think we can assume that. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You assume it, but then mm. that's the thing. It's like, it's one thing to like kind of hear it. It's another thing to like, you know, like live it. Like when I was doing my trip around Europe, uh, um, I did not want to be the guy who said, I love France. Ooh, France. Ooh, Paris. Ooh, la di da. Like that kind of shit. Why? But is you know it, what? Is it just like a corny, like I'm the American yeah, that cor- loves corny. Fran- corny. France? Yes. Got exactly. It. And you know what I did? Came back. Fucking love that place. Looking at, I went there like over that seven months. I think I went there like four times. Mm. Like I kept on circling back because also it was very central, at least in Europe and Western Europe. And uh, um, you know, next thing I know, I'm really, like living there and everything. Like, you know, like, How long did you live there? About five and a half years. What was that like? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I'm gonna tell the same joke I've told before. Uh, but uh, the food sucks, the wine's terrible, and the women are ugly. Yes. You know, but yes, it's it's. Yeah. I mean, it's it it. it I, I guess I I, I ate well. I, you know, I I drank well. I slept well. Mm. It was all like, you know, and my bowel. It, it agreed with my bowels. You know, like I I shit really good over there, like, which is a good barometer. That's what I'm saying. No, exactly. No, my insides, my literal insides, agree. It agreed with me. I would imagine too, like the wheat there is differently processed and probably not so full of GMOs. Yeah, it's the uh, um, when you buy a baguette over there. Um, so we go to a boulangerie. Uh, um, they actually have to make everything from scratch. Yes. Otherwise, they can't be called a boulangerie. You know, a bakery. Uh, um, but the thing is, also they go. It spoils or it, it you know turns stale in about a day and a half. No matter what, kind right? Of thing. No matter what you do with it, and so that—that's how fresh it is. Like it's like there's no preservatives or anything like that. So it actually forces you out of the house, also, which is what I kind of liked. You know, like yeah, I got—I had to go and get bread every single like day. Yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Like yeah. Well, Americans, we have such like Costco culture, like mm-hmm. fortify. Like I want my whole garage full of water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yes. know, I just went to my first Costco. Uh, like Mazel. Two days ago. And it's pretty great. It's pretty great. Listen, yeah. I, I got lobster tails and I got a, a steak. I didn't even, I got things I didn't even want. And I think that's the Costco, like kind of like rule of thumb. Yeah. You, you get, you just get things. For a steal. <laughs> I like yes. 
I'll go there and get like Bose headphones, a ribeye, and Nicorette gum, and be yes. like, "Where else could I buy all three of these well, items?" Exactly. Like, yeah, in bulk. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, we walked out with so much stuff. It was, it was stupid. But my lady has a big car, so you know, yeah. So we were able to fit everything. But yeah, no, we we just kept on buying things and buying things. It was, I mean, it it was cute. You know, yes. but yes, yes, it, it's, you know, yeah. Uh, but look, at the end of the day, I'm actually a guy who much rather go to like a farmer's market for like my produce and things like that. Well, it's just better. Yeah, it is. It is. But at the same time, I, I see the value of a Costco. Like my, it was my first adventure there, but it worked. It worked. It's fascinating how, like I'm, uh, I love listening to guys like Laird Hamilton and all these like optimization guys who you know, have a very specific diet and, and working out and they're, they're doing saunas and cold therapy. And he's a big proponent of raw dairy. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's, that sounds gross to be honest. Well, it's just like, have you ever bought a carton of milk and it expires three months from the day you bought it? And there's a party that yeah, goes it's called pasteurization, ultra pasteurization. Yes. 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 <laughs> that's terrifying. Like there's something there's something amiss. There's some fuckery going on if it doesn't spoil for three months, Mac. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, you, you're not wrong, uh, but at the same time, it's also, you know, we're we're optimizing Sterilized. things. Well, no, we're opti- <laughs> we're optimizing things, right? Look, you know, like look, maybe in like a hundred years from now, they're gonna like talk about like, oh, their milk only lasted three months. <laughs> Like, you know, like, we've actually it, it's the way that these things kind of go a little mm. bit. That's that's that's. That's a, you know, progression, you know, like a, of as a society and science and things like that. So I'm not against that. I do know what you mean. It's because it is a little suspicious. There's uh, a certain like, but to your point, like I think going out and getting your groceries every day and a half or two days for yeah. like enough to last you for that long yeah. is probably more, uh, it's nicer to your system than something that could last through a nuclear holocaust. Yeah, exactly. Cockroaches, Twinkies, yes. etc. You know, exactly. Twinkies are still yeah, good. Yeah. They are. They are. God. Well, remember they went away for a second? Yeah, I was about to I was about to say something about that because I think they did that on purpose. Mm. They took them off the market so we'd all freak out. Yes. Yes, I don't think they were not selling. I think it was just they wanted to get us to buy Twinkies again. You know, yes. like, yes, like, you know, people like us who are casual fans, like, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And I think that's the way that they, uh, they, they pulled that off. And you know what? It worked. Not a daily Twinkie guy, but like no. bi monthly, bi yearly. When, when I was in my band, uh, uh, we would, when we were touring, it was, it was funny because all of my uh, bandmates, they were very, very um, crunchy granola kind of guys, mm. like, you know, that kind of thing, or guys and girls. And uh, um, I, when we'd stop at a 7 Eleven, I get like jerky. Sheet jerky, like I mean, like, like, like a sheet of paper kind of thing. Jerky, oh, it's the best. Oh, believe me, I, I have some in there that you should try. Uh, um, I get Slim Jims, I get Mountain Dew, yes. I, I get Twinkies. That was like, I have a whole bag of that kind of stuff. And I will say, these crunchy vanilla people, they would scoff, uh, they would love it. Like, that they was the thing, it. they loved it. Because that was the thing is that no, at first they're kind of like, oh, like, uh, you're, you're eating nothing but trash and stuff like that. But you know what? There's only so much granola you can eat. <laughs> and after a while, they're like, can I have a piece of that jerky? Yeah. 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 Can I, can I have one of those cup of noodles? Not terrible. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, can yeah. I have a taquito made yeah, by exactly. the man yeah. at yeah. the 7-Eleven? Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so. I, you know what bothers me about adults are the ones who say, I haven't had fast food in five years. 
I haven't been to a McDonald's in five years. It's a weird point of pride. Like the same way that people like, I don't watch television. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't really watch a lot of television, but it's also not a point of pride. It's just, I don't really watch television. Like, you know, like that's, you know, yeah. I I, I watch plenty of YouTube. Don't get me wrong. I, I still ingest content you know yeah but yes. you know, yeah and like people will say i don't even have a tv i'm like right because you have a laptop in which you're watching netflix hulu and fucking crackle exactly like yeah, that's what i mean about that point of pride kind of thing it's the same thing with the fast food stuff where it's like you know, yeah it's good and uh i've been cutting out red meat out of my diet uh i think just simply for health things it was you know once i once i realized i had two ulcers i had to uh look up what ulcers were fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah i think it's fair yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, um, yeah, uh, it's funny because because uh, it was my lady. Uh, we, were, we were sitting there and she looked it up actually, and uh, it was like it was like the top six triggers for ulcers, and I was the top five. Was kind of just like yeah, it was all me. Yeah, drinking, smoking, red meat, uh, um, begging also, for it. Yeah, exactly. Like so, I was like, oh, okay. There, I always knew about my lifestyle will catch up with me, and yeah, no, here it is. Yeah, there it is. Looking at it. so, uh, I'm curtailing my lifestyle. I'm eating a lot more fish. And roughage, a lot more salad. I've had salad the last couple of nights. Kind and of thing. how's that go? Oh, it's good. Not oh. bad. Yeah, yeah. I found that salads over the last 20 years have been refined. Yeah. And they're a lovely experience. Because growing yeah. up, you know, we're, we're not far off in age. Like vegetables, it was just like, oh, it was just so fucking black. Just boiled, boiled broccoli. Sad. Yeah. That's what we got. And Bold now, broccoli, maybe a little butter, but that was about it. Like, now they'll be like, here's some a spring mix, which mm, meh, yeah. but we're, we're going to throw some dried cranberries in there yeah, yeah. and maybe a fun crouton to yeah, like yeah. season mm-hmm. it. Yeah. No, Cause like in school, like it was iceberg lettuce, maybe some shaved carrots and you know, yeah. A terrible Italian packet of dressing. And that's exactly Italian dressing. And that, that was what you got. Like that was, you know, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, nowadays it's not so bad. Actually, my lady, the last couple of nights, she's actually been making me salads. I'm the, I'm the cook in the house, but mm. you know, yeah, she's been making me salads. You know, yeah. Well, you're also, I mean, I think we talked about this on your pod. You're sort of preparing to possibly procreate. Yeah, yeah. So you're yeah, getting yeah. yourself in yeah, fit we're, shape. We're, we're, we're certainly practicing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, we've been it's practicing for the last like two years. Yeah, yeah, it's the best part. You know, yeah. It is. And yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you were telling me about your kid and everything. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I know, I have one. I know. Oy, oy. I, oy. Oy. I, I know, but at least you were able to leave the house today. Mm. Came all the way to my place. Trust me, you, you, if you like kids, you will be so surprised at how well they fit into your life. Well, I mean, I think if you want kids, you should like want like 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 children, yes. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. or at least you know like mildly like them. You know, I, I don't know any of my friends that like are like I fucking hate kids, and then they have a kid. Like you know, you don't really like see a lot of that, but. At the same time, it's like yeah, like look, I'm 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 looking forward to it, kind of thing. Honestly, it's actually one of those things where with me and her, we kind of almost. I keep on saying I want to get it over with, almost. We're kind of just like, okay, we just be pregnant, like this, like just totally. The, the anticipation is actually starting to kill us a little bit. Like you know, we're just kind of let's just let's get this, let's get over this hump a little bit. Which I've heard from so many of my friends who you know, for better or for worse, like they would try, and then there would be something that would go on for a few months that would make it tougher, and then inevitably it's always that thing of like we stop trying, and then all of a sudden it was like mm-hmm. instant. 
you know, when we got, you know, we took the pressure off. That's kind of how it works with just like a, a, a spouses in general. Yes. It's like, yeah, whenever you're looking for a girlfriend, you never find one. And as soon as you give up, that's when you find a nice girl. Yeah. And that's, that's how it works. And, yeah. So it's a little bit of that. So it's like, yeah, it, it's, I guess we should stop trying to have a baby. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's forget about it. Yeah. Just, oh yeah. I know. Just look at it. Let's, let's just, let's make it a happy accident. You know? Yeah. But, um, no, that's still, still working on it and stuff like that. But, uh, again, it's like, I want to get that over with. The anticipation is kind of killing me because it's like we already have like a nursery all like set up, like not set up, but like like you're locked right. out. Yes, yeah, yeah. you've got a proper, you've got a proper locale for yeah. oh, no, baby Culkin. Good to go. Good to go. GTG. I, <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting. Like now, my life is you know it's just new things that you didn't think about. Like the the debate of vaccination has come up for me with other people. Every day now. Does it come up with your wife? Well, no, because we're all for it. Yeah, good, good, because everyone yeah. else is stupid. They're idiots. Yes, thank you. I don't give a <laughs> fuck. If you listen to this and you're not about it, go listen to the Joe Rogan podcast where he interviewed the preeminent scientist who's like at the top of all this, who was like, guys, let's not be crazy here. Like, I understand that you want to protect your kids, but like, this is protecting them. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's, it's people who like don't believe anti-vaxxers. I put in the same category as flat earthers. Yes. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's that kind of silly or, or, or climate change deniers. Like, sorry, any of you listeners, but like, no, climate change is real. Uh, <laughs> you know, having, having, you know, vaccinating your kids is a good thing. And the earth is not flat. Well, we, our entire lives are completely reliant on like modern science and the way in which it's affected like our health infrastructure, mm -hmm. like everything benefits from modern science. And so my question to those people who are like the anti-climate change, the anti-vaxxers are like, okay, but like, where does that stop? So you know better than the scientists here, mm -hmm. but like, what about if you get shot yeah. or you're like, you have a terrible fucking staph infection? Are you going to say, well... I'm not yeah, sure these, about this science are just either. Faking it. Well, it's it's the same thing with like the people who believe in like the fake moon landing stuff or yeah. whatever. Like they pick and choose like the NASA photos that they believe. Same thing with the flat Earth stuff. It's like yeah, it's 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 like oh, this one's fake, but this one's real because mm. this one backs up my point. It's very specious reasoning kind of thing, and it's like yeah, it, it it's it it doesn't you know it it, it doesn't hold up. It's you, you're having conclusion and then finding evidence to back it up as opposed to actually like looking at the actual evidence and then coming to a conclusion they're, they're, it, honestly they're ass backwards is what it is when someone is a conspiracy theorist and they go oh I can easily prove this to you check out this YouTube video I yeah, I say, whenever they say look up look up a YouTube video it's like really that's your evidence is a YouTube video I want to be like wait, wait, <laughs> the Illuminati couldn't get that video pulled yeah, so no, no fucking shit. They right? were savvy enough to orchestrate 9-11, but yeah. they can't get a video off the internet. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, yeah, it's... Uh, listen, uh, um, conspiracy theories are fun. Mm -hmm. I used to be into them, like, when I was, like, a teenager and stuff like that. But also, like, not, like, in a way where, like, I necessarily believed them. I just loved watching those things. Yeah. You know, Area 51 or whatever, like, all those kind of... Yeah, that, that's fun. It's fun. It's fun to... I've actually probably watched more flat earth videos than like anybody. I watch them all because uh, it's, they're so fucking stupid. It just entertains you. It's, it, it is so entertaining. Uh, these people are so stupid. Uh, and just, it's, it's great. It's really, really great. You know, yeah, it, it's, it's, I love how, uh, um, like, okay. So I, I love actually what they do is the, the way they just like the way that they justify that water doesn't flow off the edge of the planet is because it's surrounded by ice. 
great. So yeah, okay, great. That's fucking great. Looking at and then um, but also like they talk about flight plans and flight times. Looking at yeah, because mm-hmm. if the earth, earth is flat, then different flights would take longer or shorter accordingly. Sure. Uh, um, but uh, and they essentially the way that they talk about something like that is that every single pilot in the world would have to be in on this. Every single one. It's a Neil deGrasse Tyson argument, uh, um, which is like, listen, Bill Clinton got a blowjob in the Oval Office. Only three people knew about it, and yet everyone now knows about it. Yes. Yes. And so, like, you, it's hard enough for, like, three people to keep a freaking secret. And now, look at what every single pilot. My uh, uh, stepfather is a pilot. And <laughs> believe me, like, yeah, he, there's no way. There's no freaking way he's in on this. There's <laughs> some rogue pilot for Southwest who doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, all takes is one. All takes is one person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Clinton case. All it took us Linda Tripp. That was it. And boom. Now, yeah. now it's over. It's over. But what about Monica Lewinsky saving the dress? I, I, I know. It, it, that's a little suspicious. You know, it's yeah. very interesting. I, I think she got some very interesting advice is I, the way I put it. I mean, I, I'm like, you know, the one thing that's I'm interesting. I'm going to put this dress on ice. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm going to put it in a Ziploc bag, put it in my freezer. Like, oi. That's really fucking weird. I mean, the reality is now in hindsight, you know, being 32 years old, having a wife, understanding a little bit better, especially in these times of like, you know, the plight of women being... Um, We're in the Me Too era. You know, yeah. yeah. And just like definitely like they're... they're I'm feeling really left out. Yeah. I, I haven't been Me Too'd. I you know. know. Yeah, I know, right? Like, it's like, oh, I'd be in good company. You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's so fascinating. Like now when I look back at the Monica Lewinsky of it all, like... She really got an awful deal. Like, her life was ruined by this. Yeah. Utterly ruined by, like, I mean, the president of the United States fucked an intern at 22. Well, yeah, I mean... Or got a blowjob, sorry. Yeah. We don't fact check here. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Don't don't uh, sue me. But no, honestly, most of it was Linda Tripp. It was her friend. She trusted a friend who recorded all of her phone calls. But he let an intern blow him yeah. <laughs> in the Oval Office. Yeah, he certainly did. I'm actually okay with all of that. I'm okay with it, but I also just know that, like, you know, there's some fuck power structure going on. There. Listen, that probably happened a zillion freaking times before that. He just got caught. Like, that's really what it sure. is. Like, yeah, like, I think that's a little, there's a little bit of that. Look, I am not an advocate for the president getting a blowjob in the Oval Office by an intern. Like, don't get me wrong. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's also a little bit of like, a little par for the course, a little bit. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more in the sense of like wanting our politicians to be like he, perfect he Mormons. He didn't rape her. No, yes. I, I just feel bad that like because she has, you know, she She's her life 20, was forever was, altered. Yeah, she was yeah. a dumb kid who fell in love with. But like, also, all those other interns that did the exact same thing. Just it wasn't made public. But there yeah. are people who work at McDonald's who fall in love with their manager because of the power structure. Can you imagine being around the most powerful yeah, person? No, I can hear that. I can I, hear that. I just feel I, I'm not, you know, taking issue with like all the other part. My biggest part is like this poor like. This girl, uh, I, I don't feel... She's, she is Monica Lewinsky from now on. I mean, her life was forever changed yes. the moment. No, exactly. Like it, I mean, I think there was something where she... I read an article about her or whatever, and just like having a hard time finding a new job. Yeah. Because she's freaking Monica Lewinsky. Like, yeah, it's just, that's the way that it is. And actually, she didn't do anything wrong. Not that at was all. The thing. No, she just, you know, yeah. She, she blew the president. <laughs> that's all she I'd did. blow the president. Honestly, like, oh, not this president. <laughs> but yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but, but if Obama was like, Josh, 
I, uh, 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 and I need to get some steam. I'm going to drop my pants and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, take one for the team. Take, yeah. it, take <laughs> it for America. And it's like, you know what? I, I liked him that much. It was actually like uh, when after Trump got elected before he went into office, before he was inaugurated, it was like I – I always liked Obama a lot, and I was I was just like, oh, fuck, I'm going to miss this guy. Because yes. he was a great president, but also, I'm like, he's just, he was fucking hilarious. He had a great so sense of humor. He had a great sensibility. You know, One of the things that bothers me about Trump is that he's not presidential. Mm. That's the thing, is that, like, I could disagree with, like, politics and so forth, but, you know, even George W. Bush at least conducted himself like a president. Yes. He wasn't tweeting 20 times a day and misspelling words and things like that, you know? Like, yeah, like, uh, so, like, yeah, no, it, it's... It, it, I, I have a problem with Trump just in the way that he conducts himself, regardless well, of his politics. Well, I think his base likes that because they bought into anarchy light. And the idea that, like, in quotes, what you and I find presidential, which I just find is, like, good old class, mm -hmm. they yeah, were class. like, well, that level of presidential is what made me have to apologize about being white and American. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to apologize anymore. And it was like, and no. It resonated. It resonated with people. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, but yeah, it, it's, you know, but again, it's just like, there's a certain kind of dignity that's been lacking. And that's the part that's been bothering me a, a lot about him. Um, yeah, no, it, it, it was, well, what was the joke I came up with? Uh, gosh, it, oh, it was, uh, um, Donald Trump is the sixth most qualified person from Home Alone 2 to be president. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Great cameo. Yeah, a little cameo. Well, actually, apparently, uh, it was Matt Damon who uh, said that if you use a Trump uh, uh, building, for one of your movies, you have to put Trump as a cameo in it. Did he own the plaza? Yeah, he owned the plaza back then. No way. Yep, yep, yep. I'm more. I'm asking for the fans. Who are the five in front of him that are the most qualified? Oh, oh, uh, I would put. Uh, uh, I Pesci. definitely put. I definitely put myself. Yes. Uh, the Pesh, Catherine O'Hara, uh, Devin Trey, who played Buzz. Yes. Uh, um, Tim Curry. Yeah. Oh, Tim Curry. Absolutely. Are Great. you kidding me? Like, yeah. <laughs> Rob Schneider. <laughs> Rob Schneider, I guess, would be a better president than, than Trump. Even though, actually, he's a Trump advocate, apparently. Look at him. Yeah, he's... Yeah. No, good, good. Listen, politics, uh, you know, yeah. It's, it, you know, sometimes I treat my podcast like the dinner table. It's like, you know, you don't talk about religion and politics too much, but no, you know, I, at the I, same time. Like I, I, I said, look, yeah. It, like, it's what I was saying. It's like, it, we, we can argue about politics or whatever, but it's also just... The way that you carry yourself and conduct yourself, that kind of thing. Again, it, it's the, the Trump stuff, like, it bothers me. It does. It, it bugs me. But like, to your point, like, I don't like James Woods anymore, but yeah. I believe that, like, someone like him eh, or, like, Rob Schneider, whomever, like, within our, like, what, within entertainment, that having that belief structure is enough to get you banned. And it's like, and I believe you should, they should be as entitled to believe in what they believe in, even if it's something Absolutely. I don't agree in. And, I mean, and be vocal. But, but also, I mean, the, the, there are actually plenty of I think there's a certain amount of mythology around that Hollywood is just purely liberal. Yes. You know, I, I don't think that's actually the case. There's plenty of conservatives in Hollywood, um, both, you know, behind the scenes and in front of the camera. And like, it, it doesn't really affect them. It's, it's, it's when you're a jerk about it. And I think that goes for liberals also. Like, if you're a liberal and you're a freaking jerk about it, nobody, nobody wants to hang out with you. It's, and also, I mean, you'd say that about the, you know, a dinner party. 
let alone a, a movie set. You know, so it's not necessarily like exclusive to just Hollywood. You know, it's the like, yeah, just we can all believe what we believe, but just don't like shove it in my face and be a jerk about it, and then be angry that I don't agree with you. Like, yeah, that's I mean, I don't agree with James Woods, but I don't begrudge him. You know, other unless he's trying to freaking you know shove it down my throat kind of thing. I really like um, Tim Kennedy, who's this uh, Army Special Forces guy. He was also a, a champion in the UFC, like has had this incredible career and actually like re-enlisted in his late 30s to like go out and fight. And, <laughs> Wanted it. <laughs> yeah. Like justice. and Justice. <laughs> and he, he, he posted a photo on on Instagram and while like it might not be my exact take I I appreciated his take on it was a photo of someone kneeling for the national anthem and he he said while I don't agree with this I would happily die for this person's freedom mm -hmm. to be able to do so that's perfect yeah that's perfect exactly I mean look I mean Colin Kaepernick or whatever like he is doing a non-violent silent protest yes you know and now he's been being blackballed because of it. And it's like, he, he's not, he's again, he's not being violent. He's not even saying anything. He's actually just quietly trying to protest what he feels like are, are, are important issues to him. And he's using this platform, which is like one of those things where it's really funny. It's when it comes to celebrities or people like of note, um, it, 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 it's a two-sided coin. There, there are people who criticize people for not speaking up. And then also the people who criticize them for when they do speak up. The, the best way to isolate half your audience is to take a stance. Yes. That's exactly what it is. If you take, you know, you take a stance on what half of the people are going to disagree with you. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's what happens. I mean, unless we're talking about like Nazis or Hitler. Like, you know, usually most people, like, you know, most logical people will be like, yeah. Oh, you're anti-Hitler? I think we can agree. Good. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, something like that. Like, like. I I understand where where he's coming from and all that kind of stuff, but at the same time, it's also I think he's gotten a bad rap kind of thing. Like yeah, like I mean, again, it's it's a nonviolent it's a it's a nonviolent silent protest, and he's using his platform. And I also think that I hate and and I don't I, I time will tell if we can mention someone like Colin Kaepernick in the same breath, but you know people will say like, well, I don't have an issue with what he's doing. I just don't like him. Or I don't like the way in which he's doing it. And I want to be like, do you think in the 60s they were like, that Malcolm X is really special? Right. Or like that? No, no shit. Right. Same thing Martin Luther King. Same kind of thing. Like, I'm mm -hmm. sure at the time, like, they were incredibly attacked. Yeah, exactly. No, of course they were. Yes. I mean, no, they, they literally took out hoses. Literally. Dogs. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, like, yeah, they were literally attacked. You know, yeah. Um... Yeah, no, exactly. So uh, um, I, I, I am, I am, I am down with what that that whole situation. And like I said, it's nonviolent, especially. That's what I like about it. It's just like, yeah, he's using it as an outlet. Um, yeah, I mean, just as a weird tangent because I, I totally forgot until you just mentioned his name. Everything on this podcast is a tangent. Well, yeah, that's yeah. all podcast. Yeah, exactly. No shit. Yeah, yeah. What's Pesci like? Oh, the Pesh? Yeah. Uh, um, he was actually... He's infamous. Uh, well, here's what I'll say. is actually... It's funny because I, you know, I, did, I did two flicks with him. But um, if you actually watch the movies, uh, I actually am in very few scenes with him. Like one or two? Yeah. It's, very, it's, it's like pretty much at the very, very end of the movie. Like that's kind of what like part of like the thrust of some of the joke is. Um, 
So I would work all day because I was child labor laws. So I'm sure you're familiar. Yes. And uh, um, so I would work all day and then they would work all night. Wow. Because like, yeah, because like, you know, I could only work nine and a half or 10 hours depending on which state we were in. Um, so yeah, they would use the rest of the day to film all like, the stunt things or the passion all that stuff. Uh, um, no, he actually, he was always really nice to me. It was, I remember one time we were doing the, um, the second uh, film and it was like, it was something where I was, we were both like, off stage, but we're about to like, I like, I would enter and then he would enter after me. So like they're setting everything up. And I said, uh, you know, I, I just, like, I'm actually kind of tired. Uh, I'm like an 11 year old. I'm, like, I'm tired. I kind of want to go home. Oh, it's unacceptable. And like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I kind of want to go home. And like, yeah, this, this stuff is kind of like, yeah, it's getting to me. And he, and he turned to me and he goes, I've been home in two years. <laughs> and then, you know, and then, you know, I asked him, I said, who's picking up your mail? <laughs> yeah, who's picking up your mail? <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I thought Pesci was literally going to like be like, stop the shoot. Kid's exhausted. We'll no, reconvene yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> it, like, it, was no, more, it was more of a philosophical kind of exhausted kind of thing. Like yeah. a metaphysical exhaustion you know, kind of thing. Like, yeah. But uh, no, I just love you. He was like, yeah, well, I haven't been home in two years. So who's picking up your mail? Yeah. You're like, well, uh, I'm 11, Joe. <laughs> so uh, uh, this is a story I've told before, but, uh, but I don't think I've done it on a podcast. So we're doing the first Home Alone. There's that thing where he grabs me. And he puts me up on like the, the hook. It's near the end. Yes. Where he puts me up and I'm dangling there on my sweater. And um, he's like, I don't, you know, Daniel Stern's like, I'm going to smash his face with an iron. Like, we're going to do everything to you, what, what you did to us. And he's like, and then for whatever reason, I don't know why John Hughes wrote this, but it was, uh, uh, Pesci goes, I'm going to bite every one of these fingers off one at a time. And during the rehearsal period, okay, you see that little white spot? Yes. That's Joe Pesci's tooth mark. He, no. He bit me a little too hard. No. And so I have Joe Pesci's tooth mark on my finger. Guys, for the listeners, you 100% have a noticeable scar between your first and second knuckle <laughs> yeah, yeah. on your pointer finger yep. right hand. Yep. No, that, that, that's Pesci's tooth. Yeah. Did you cry? No, no, no. Uh, he, here's the thing is that he felt really bad. He felt really bad. Yes. And also just like I'm a professional, stuff like that. So it's like, no, I didn't say a word to anybody. It was like, yeah, no, it's just like, yeah, it was just, it was, it happens. Like uh, when we were doing a uh, party monster, there's this um, thing where I'm supposed to uh, um, spit on Seth's face. He was laying like on like, you know, like laying on the ground. I'm sitting on the couch and you know, I do a thing, you know, like a, yeah, a thing. Yeah, kind of like the drool. A drooly thing, mm. yeah. And uh, during rehearsal, I was like, don't worry, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to pretend, but I'm not going to actually hit you. Yes. You know, yeah. So we, I just want to be able to work it out. Totally spit on his face by mistake. Got you know? to. It, but it happened. It just happened. I didn't mean to. And I felt really, really bad because next thing you know, it's like it's like no, I'm trying to you know save it for the save it for the take. You know, was but uh, but it's also like next thing you know, I spit on my co-star's face by mistake. You know, yeah, that, that that's shitty. Like so, he bit my finger by mistake. It shit happens. Like, I, you know. I punched a stuntman in the face once. Oh, you got him good. Yeah, I mean, he he was worried his nose was broken, which go me like. Yeah, look at uh, look at you. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> but, was it your right or left? <laughs> it was my right, and it was sort of like in a slamming motion. Ooh, so you got him from like, uh, like above his nose nose ridge kind and, of thing. And you know how those stunt guys are so like they're all salt of the earth, and they all like are so worried about your safety. No shit. Like yeah. so, the second like, and I saw a trigger for a second in his mind, like, oh, this motherfucker hit me. Yeah. And I saw the veneer go. Because also, they're, they're, they're tough guys. Yeah. Yeah. And the human came out for a second. He's like, oh, no. Uh, and I was like, I'm so sorry. your eyes automatically water. Like, <laughs> it was not good. Oh, fuck. What was this on Red Dawn? What was it on? Oh, no. It was uh, ATM. 
ATM. No big deal. Oh my god, <laughs> never heard of it. A containment thriller <laughs> that takes place in an ATM booth. Oh my god, it's like, it's like, so it's like phone booth, but like an yeah. <laughs> but an ATM. Do you, <laughs> <laughs> me, Brian Garrity, and this this girl Alice Eve, and it's us stuck being slowly picked off for ninety minutes. In an ATM booth, I got paid $65,000. Congratulations. Which was what I needed at the time. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And you broke broke a guy's nose. Oh, (laughs) man. I felt terrible. Oh, I mean, on fucking the second Home Alone, I remember... this is seen, uh, we're outside of the uh, the toy store, and we're running across the street, and so some people like uh, are doing Pesci and Stern, you know, they're doing the burglars kind of thing, and um, there's a bunch of like taxis and things like that, like, you know, stunt drivers, something like that. The guy, uh, his name is Troy, I forget his last name, he played uh, Pesci stunt double. He got hit by a freaking taxi. No. He, he doubled over, and his skull cracked the windshield. Like, just like, cra- like I mean, just, expl- it, it, it didn't, it didn't, shatter it just broke you know but you could see exactly where the back of his head hit and he was dude fucking just rubbed some dirt on it he's like let's go let's go again take two let's go yeah it was like fuck you guys are like just on on sets my favorite people to hang out with were um stunt people and special effects people because special effects people had like flash paper and like fireworks and things like that. Again, I can't tell you how many watermelons I blew up all over the course of my career. Oh. <laughs> There's always like reactions. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, those, the special effects guys just, I feel like they either have like a blowtorch or a fire extinguisher in their hands. Oh, absolutely. Like, yes. No, and, and, and like we, especially like on some of those Home Alone things like that, like there was a full, like just like truck, like a flatbed truck kind of thing, and just full of just things, just things that can entertain a child. Did it you? was great. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have an, a moment of awareness? Was there like one particular day that you can pinpoint where you were like, my life is forever changed in sort of that, you know, years of like when those movies were coming out where you felt like, oh, like any sort of anonymity I once had is pretty gone. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I guess the, 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 the closest thing I could probably put on uh, was when I was shooting uh, My Girl. Um, because great movie. Oh, uh, thanks. I agree. Great. I agree. You great have good, performance. You, you, you have great taste. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Ackroyd. Yeah, Ackroyd. Yeah, so yeah, good. exactly. Yeah, which I'd love to actually like bump into him again because now he's a crazy conspiracy theorist, UFO guy. And yes, like... exactly. Like yeah, Ghostbusters was like like based on a true story in his mind. You know, yeah, it's it's great. But um, uh, so Home Alone came out while I was filming that, mm. and we were filming that was in Orlando, and. Uh, there was a uh, uh, like a bunch of neighborhood kids I'd hang out with and stuff like that. It's kind of like I was I was a new kid around and ride bikes and just like yeah, f- you know, just hang out with some kids. And then Home Alone came out and it was big. And then it was also just it kind of kept going. It was number one for thirteen straight weeks. No, yes, yeah, that's yeah, a different that's, world. That doesn't happen. Like you know, even freaking Endgame didn't even do that. Like you know, but it was like yeah, it was. As was the style at the time, like yeah, yeah. Was it an instant hit, or did it kind? Of, was it like a hangover? It was, it was, it was, it was number one right away. Uh, wow. Came out, it came out the same weekend as uh, Rocky Five, mm, and all we right. no, and we beat Rocky Five, and so I was able to go to school and say or whatever, you know, and say like I beat Rocky. Yeah, yeah. yeah look at look at look at this fist right here. Come on. Oh, yeah, look at that. So, um, but I remember like it went from a bunch of the, like hanging out with a bunch of the neighborhood kids to there was one time I was sitting around. Uh, 
at the house and we're playing some video games or whatever. It was a bunch of like, I just saw a bunch of like heads like pop up from behind like, you know, the window or whatever. It was like their heads in their eyes. And as soon as I noticed them, they all ran away and giggled and stuff like that. I was like, oh wait, those people used to be my friends yeah. and now they're looky-loose. You're you a know? god it's to them. one of those things. Exactly. Like, you know, it's, you know, so-and-so lives down, oh, did you hear McCulloch Hogan lives down the street? Oh, let's go, let's go peek in his window kind of thing and so that was the moment where i was like oh wait everything's changed a like, shift yeah, like yeah it's it's like that kind of thing so can we pause for one second i just have to pee really good yeah yeah i i totally understand Amazing. And, uh, yeah we'll do some dynamic ads <laughs> i'm ready <laughs> yeah exactly um so we're I, back and we're back and we're back and we're back it was such a good pee honestly i had a good pee too did you honestly i actually was only about half full mm. but i did it anyway and you know what Satisfying. The pee from wine, I'm sure, is nowhere close to the pee from beer. Yes? Um, well, I, I, I guess there's a smell difference. I don't know. I don't really drink a lot of beer anymore. I used to be more of a beer drinker. But, beer, uh, I just feel like you're just, once you've cracked the seal, it's over. Well, I remember, it's one of these times where I realized I was an adult, uh, was when I went to the, I used to go to like baseball games or whatever when I was a kid. And the bathroom, especially baseball stadiums, but also other like public bathrooms, but especially baseball stadiums, would have a particular smell. It would yeah. smell like pee, mm. right? But when you're a kid, your pee doesn't smell. It doesn't. So I remember there was one time where I was peeing, like just in my home, and I'm like, it just clicked. And I'm like, this smells like a baseball stadium bathroom. I'm like, a man. I'm a man now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like getting hair on your balls. It's like, and I, it's like, it's like here it is. It's official. I'm a, I'm a man now. I, I, my pee smells like a, like an adult. No, yeah. Yeah. And like I think a lot of that has to do with beer. I think a beer thing. It's like a, kind of a beer pee, I think. Mm. Yeah. Beer and peanuts. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't get, I mean, I, I just don't want to consume that much of any beverage, let mm. alone like when people crush at a game, like, I mean, those beers are massive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I, I, there's nothing that good that I want to have that much of. Ah, uh, see, I'm a glutton. Yeah. I'm a glutton. I mean, so am I, that, that, I guess. That, that's my problem. Like, you see how the way I freaking smoke, you know, and like the way I look, you know, and I drink. It's like, no, I, I, I have to like, I do it. I do it. But I know? like like hard drugs because mm-hmm. to me, it's like such a quicker delivery system. Like, yeah, yeah. I was a fat kid because I needed something to numb my feelings. And then I got skinny and found drugs and alcohol. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this what, is much better. What did you use to slam? What did you have? Everything. Drugs wise? Yeah, yeah. Everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. you did the blow. You did, wait, you, you smoked meth. What'd you do? All everything. Really? A- anything you, you can do. You do crack? Yeah. I tried it once. And? Eh, it felt like drowning without a pool. Like, you know, yeah. Like, it was like, <laughs> like, like, it, was, it was like that yeah, a little I, bit. I, um, and I was like, yeah, cool. Like, listen, I, I smoked opium like once, and I was like, okay, cool. Did I, you think I it was opium, but it was really black tar heroin? Because it's usually the case. Oh, no. this I mean, this is way back in the day. It smelled like incense. You know, I'm pretty sure it was opium. Okay, yeah. Was it blacky and tarry? No, 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 no. It was like ye- brown. yellow, brown. Okay, yeah, that oh. kind of thing. Yeah. No, it was my buddy got it from Chinatown. That's the way he. That's the way he put it. Because I just, I just came from Chinatown. And do you want to smoke some opium in your bong? I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. Interesting. Do you like it? Loved it. It's great. Loved it. Uh, loved it so much. I only did it once. That's how much I loved it. A heroin and, and all opiates to me are always usually, for the most part, the last stop on the train. Like people usually overdose from that yeah, because yeah. it's so satisfying. Well, we're Flintstones kids. Pills are good. You know what I mean? They're medicine. Like, yes. Yeah. So it's like they seem less dangerous than like the stuff that comes in aluminum foil. That feels like drug drugs. Look at you. I think that and also because 
anything that speeds you up inevitably like that's part of the party in the beginning right like mm. you want to go out and you want to be present and social but inevitably especially like if you have a predisposition for like the mind of any sort of addict it's like we're doing something to nullify ourselves to get a perpetual day off from self yeah. and there's no better treatment for that than like brain hurty brain loud yeah brain mm -hmm. too loud mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and for at least for me what i found was like opiates was literally that volume down button yeah it was it you got into that because I mean I, I love those things too I, I love them so much I don't do them either you yeah know, like, that's the thing is like yeah like that's you know what what I had to get away from because I was always more of a downers person than an uppers right like yeah I mean believe me I I, I loved my cocaine I, I have a hole in my fucking cartilage in my nose because I loved it that much don't get me wrong like, yeah you know, but at the same time yeah but I was also also always a downers kind of guy yeah. I remember a kid I knew who had to get his septum replaced or repaired and i was like and he's like what do they replace it with what is it like, like, like <laughs> rib i think rib cartilage oh geez they harvest wow or from the back of the year i, I, was, I was hoping it was gonna be like platinum or something like, you know, like, it's just, like it's just pure gold dolphin <laughs> yeah exactly dolphin yeah <laughs> put a dolphin in my nose <laughs> i remember it was this kid chris and he was like i don't know why I mean, yeah, I party a little bit. I'm like, Chris, you once spelled your name out with an entire gram of cocaine for your birthday and snorted it in one line. You're like, like, oh, you not, well, you know. You've not been also, kind. Like, well, thank God his name was Chris and not like, you know, like a just yeah, Leonardo. Schwarzenegger. You know, yeah. yeah, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Demetrius. Oh, yeah. No, uh, yeah. Uh, when'd, you, when'd you kick? When'd you? 11 years ago. Oh, well, look at you. 21. Well, there you go. Oh, so you, it seems like you went hard and fast. Yeah, you know us. Guys, <laughs> you know us. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> I don't mean to project. Because <laughs> I was actually more of a pot smoker, like, you know, for a while. It was more casual. And then, yeah, like, listen, I toyed around with certain things. I, you know, I, I didn't get as heavy as people kind of thought I got. But also, you know, I did, I played around, like, a good amount. And now it's like, yeah, like, again, like, general health and... Having, you know, also just having a good lady and all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't need that stuff in my life anymore. But what'd you kick? Did, what, what happened? What, like moment of clarity or yes, what was that's my what bottom? I mean. Did you have a moment of clarity? Did you have an intervention? Did like your, your mother say something to you? What, what, what was it? Well, it, it wasn't the longest run because it was 17 to 21. I was going to say, yeah, because it, it's funny. It's like, oh, four years? That's nothing. It you know, really yeah, is. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I had been fat for most of my life before that. And so... You that, I met you, you were chubby. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of you. Yeah. <laughs> I was morbidly obese. <laughs> no, no, you're chubs. You're chubs. It's <laughs> very sweet. How, how, how sweet of you to call me chubs. I broke a chair. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, on my podcast, I, uh, which is called The Bunny Years Podcast, you should check it out. Please But I, I had uh, Jerry O'Connell on, and I called him chubby when he was a kid, and he actually got a little offended. It was He fucking would. No, exactly. You know, he, honestly, he was adorable, actually. He was he was a great guest and totally adorable, but it was also, he got you could see that he actually still had harbored some fat kid resentment about being called fat. And I'm like, no, you look fucking fantastic now. You're you're, you're great. You're yeah, you got a beautiful wife. An and what are you doing? Like yeah, like it's it's all right. It's all right. You're a fat kid. Like yeah. I had ears that poked out. It's okay. We all had things when we were kids. Like yeah. And if it's chronicled, like it, it, his chubbiness is chronicled in like one of the great movies of the last thirty exactly. four years. Yeah. But I think like he talked about how he kind of got it when he was a kid. Like 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 you know just he'd be walking down the street and like the you know 
a group of kids would walk by like, hey, look, it's a fat kid from Stand By Me. Like, yes. kind of it's like, yeah, that, that doesn't, that's, you know, that's not the most pleasant experience when you you don't have the emotional equipment to deal with something like that kind of thing. When you're an adult, like, but it was really funny when I first called him a fat kid, he got, really, I could see, he didn't get like super offended, but I could see in his eyes that it was oh, like, yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. So you, were, so, so you were a fat kid. I was a fat kid. Oh, and just in addition to what you just said, it's funny because like, I feel like fat people or overweight people are kind of like one of the, the last few classes of people that you can kind of go after a little bit. Publicly. A little bit, a little bit. It's, start, it's starting to get, uh, you know, and, yeah. and it's fascinating our obsession because I lost weight, like in theory, I was overweight from like 11 to 19, 18, 19. Like I've been this weight much longer than I was that weight. And yet, because it's obviously in reruns on television, but yeah, people are yeah. so obsessed yeah, yeah, with yeah. body image. It's so funny. Um, there was a huge heavyweight boxing fight about three weeks ago with this guy, Anthony Joshua. Uh, yes, no, of course. And Andy yeah. Ruiz. And Andy Ruiz. Believe me, I watched it live. I scared my cats. I was yelling at the screen so much. It was unreal. It was amazing. And Anthony Joshua was this undefeated champ who looked like a proper... He, he looks like he's chiseled out of marble. 6'4". I mean, just beautiful yeah, yeah. man. No, 6'6". Six, 6'6". Six. Six, six. And just, like I said, chiseled out of marble. He looks like a goddamn Greek god. Now, Ruiz is an overweight guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, in um, in great shape, but still like... No, not... but no. Honestly, he, he's, he's pudge. He's pudgy. He's pudge. He's pudge. And ever and basically the end result was a stunning upset. Basically, didn't just beat it, it, him. It's, beat it's, him ju it's just short of the Buster Douglas Mike Tyson upset, but like yeah, it's it's up there. It's like the biggest upset in heavyweight history. Like beat him up for rounds. Yeah, no, because that's the thing is that Joshua knocked him down, and Ruiz got up, knocked him right back, and Joshua even after the fight said like I was never the same after that because I think he caught like the top of his head, and he goes I don't remember. I don't remember the rest of the fight. Yeah, yeah. He's like, but the the guy beat me. But yeah, no, Ruiz, six foot two, and also just rotund, just a rotund guy. But what's fascinating to me is I'm I'm trolling Twitter after immediately after the fight to see everyone's reaction, and literally, and for days after, every blog post, every headline was, "Can you believe this fat fuck beat him?" <laughs> it was always like. Andrew Ruiz with a stunning upset from like the chubby champ. I'm yeah. like, you fucks, can't you just give him the win and not have the caveat of like, how about this fat bastard? He's pretty unbelievable. But here's the thing is that it's fat people are taking pride in it. See, I can be fat and also be heavyweight champion. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I can win despite the, the, the shape of my stomach. You know, yeah. I guess it was so, I, I felt, I was like, oh, just let the man have his, just let him be <laughs> I know, everything I know. Right now. Let, the, let, let the man have his day. You yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's, yeah. Honestly, the fact that he was fat was pointed out more than the fact that he was Mexican. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, it's like, yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, so you were a fat kid. I was a fat kid. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, so yeah, so you, so you had a four year stretch, you said. So I think up until that point, I, I only, I, I give that qualification only because I think in my brain, I had thought that for years, uh, leading up into that point, I had tried many different avenues in which to sort of numb my brain mm -hmm. originally through food for many years. And then once I sort of took that away through drugs and alcohol. So, so it, you hear that kids don't go on a diet. <laughs> exactly. Don't be crazy. otherwise you'll be smoking meth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you want to lose weight, meth is hey, meth is great. I, I'm completely kidding. <laughs> I've actually it's one of the ones I have never tried. Yeah, um, it's better than crack. 
Yeah, yeah I'm sure. I'm sure. It, I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm too old. I'm, I'm too old to try that stuff now. It's, <laughs> it's for the best. Yeah, yeah. It's not. No, I'm, that's the thing is, I got to try things. It's like, oh, I love it so much, I never tried it again. It's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be one of those ones. You know. I remember during my days of, of debauchery and running hard, I had a buddy who was like just a pothead, but was kind of like a weird apostle in that time. Like, would look out for me and mm-hmm. kind of like indulge me lightly in my sort of uh, addiction but like would also draw the line and be like listen like you you've can, had enough yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like you can drink and smoke weed but like what are you doing mm-hmm. and i remember once saying to him something to the effect of like listen like yeah I, I drink and i like smoke some weed and he's like me too no big deal i'm like yeah and like every now and then like i'll smoke a little crack and i'll be like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was so casual. <laughs> and he's like, let me stop you right there. <laughs> oh, wait, what? <laughs> but uh, oh, what I was asking was, when did you kick? Like, how how'd you kick? What was what was, what was was your, you know, moment of enlightenment? What was it? Uh, you know, it's it's kind of, I, I was accruing wreckage. I was ruining relationships. I People stopped hanging out with you, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was breaking my mom's heart daily. Mm. I was uh, I've ruined relationships. I, I've talked about it on the pod, but like I ruined my relationship with Judd Apatow, mm. who like took a shot on me and, but who knows where he ended up. Um, yeah. Wait, who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and basically it's, it's funny cause it's kind of like a, a, a uptown bottom in the sense mm-hmm. of, I remember my dream was to, do a movie that went to Sundance and like be the guy, be the toast of the town there. Mm-hmm. And cause I had been there when I was 16 and I was, it was cool. It used, it used to be cool. It used to be cool as fuck. Yeah. And like, I remember watching like Kieran and Igby goes down, which is one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And no, believe me, I, I did, I did uh, party monster and saved there. And both times I was like, I'm I'm at Sundance. Like, yeah, you know, it, like, it was a thing. It was a thing for actors like back then. Looking at you know, looking up to like Liev Schreiber and like Parker Posey and all those kind of like types that kind of came up through that whole thing. It's like yeah, like you know Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's like yeah, I want to be one of them. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, it was like actors act. I remember telling you that I was there. I think that was when I was 16 and watching Party Monster in Sundance and like. There, there's always two or three movies that everyone is talking about, and mm-hmm. that was one of them. And I wanted, I wanted that. Mm-hmm. So I remember being 21, and I had done this movie, The Wackness, and mm-hmm. it was with Ben Kingsley, who's my favorite actor. Yeah, yeah. And I'm acting against Gandhi, him, <laughs> the dude. You had to work with Gandhi. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> and I remember, like, the movie was received so well, and I'm there, and I was fucking miserable. Yeah. And it like confirmed my worst fear where I, I remember in a moment thinking, oh, you're bottomless. Like nothing will fill What were you, you. on? I, I think I was just like on just like a, it could have been any other day. Like maybe some alcohol, maybe some pills, maybe some smoking. Like gotcha. because I was just sort of like, it was, yeah, it, the it, days it, ran it, together. It's a salad. It's a freaking salad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a and, bunch of ingredients just mixed into a bowl. It know? was, Yeah. And and I remember that was, but the thing about moments of clarity. So you, but you finally got your thing. You fi- you finally got the thing that you wanted. And, and I was it, miserable. It, and you were freaking miserable. And then, but good for you for realizing that you were like you know, your misery wasn't because like oh I got what I wanted and it wasn't what I thought. It was actually like yeah I yeah got, I got what I wanted and I'm a fucking asshole when I got it. Totally. And I and luckily with moments of clarity, I acted swiftly. 
because they always say like with a drunk, like if someone calls, if someone finally reaches out for help and it's like, I can't take it anymore, like take me to a meeting or like I need help, I'm ready to go to rehab, like don't wait. Don't let them take a nap no, and no, eat a sandwich. Never let them. Because yeah. if like just half a day goes by yeah. and like their headache Even lessens an hour a little. goes by. You can't, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden they'd be like, ah, wasn't so and you bad. you did rehab? You did rehab? I didn't. Nope. You, I just you, did the 12 step your own? thing. Yeah. Yeah. You did outpatient stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 You did uh, what? AA and A. What did you do? I did AA. I, I do AA. Oh, you still? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it works yeah. good for me. Yeah. Uh, do you see, uh, uh, no, you don't have to name names, but uh, do you see other celebrities there? I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. Because there is a scene. There's actually an AA scene out here in LA, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> there is, which I've never gone to like, there are specific meetings where people like that go. Yes, I do know about these. That yes. I've heard of. I mean, but you know, you'll see people and it's like, I, I'm always... It's so funny now after 11 years when I do see someone there who's like has some notoriety, I always think good. Yeah, oh, no, good. Good, no, good for you. No, no, exactly. Like, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's better to do this than to not do this if this is what you need. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's for me. You know, it look it it's. Uh, I really uh, having you know this amount of time between me and my last drink. I'm like whatever it is. Like yeah. I, I, someone once told me like you know what stopped me from drinking Bikram yoga. I'm like have at it, baby boy. Yeah, exactly. You know, if that's what it takes, like cool. Like, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Like I don't prophetize it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah whatever so, your yeah. thing. That's mm-hmm. it, 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 it's. I mean, I know they they always say like, oh, you should. Re- no, you have to, but uh, replacing one addiction with another. Mm. Take take your addiction and replace it with another thing. Like you know, play uh, where you know uh, YMCA basketball or whatever. Like whatever it is, it's like instead of doing drugs or alcohol like yeah do yada yada you know become a baseball card collector or whatever it is look at me just find something that you're addicted to that's not the thing that's going to kill you yes yeah yeah. and so yeah yeah. and so uh did you ever do that do you ever find like a, a thing like that did you replace one addiction with another no i mean i think what you tend to do is early on when you're getting sober it becomes then about sex or yeah, that's what I mean. But yeah, that's a, that's a part of it. Like you're replacing one thing with another. Well, at least that releases endorphins and stuff. You know. Yeah, <laughs> and and to a certain point, like I, I, whenever people are early on in their sobriety and they're like, I, you know, I've got a couple days sober and I'm quitting cigarettes and sugar. I'm like, are you fucking nuts? No, exactly. Most good rehabs will allow you to smoke and will encourage you to eat. Chocolate bars. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like put on 30 pounds and like smoke a pack a day. Like yeah. let's Go do ahead. one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, yeah, like that, that's, that, that's not the thing you're going to over overdose on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I find like 12 step in like any sort of age old or age old spirituality is like, it's basically a deliver. It's, it's a map or a delivery system in which to get you to this idea of like getting out of self. Yeah. And that's what any great spirituality is trying to teach you anyway. Yes. It's just like, if you're stuck in your fucking that's head. That's what Nirvana is. I mean, not the band, but I mean, actual like Nirvana. You yeah. Know, you know. Like help somebody else get out of self and you'll probably be okay. Yeah. Don't worry so much. Have you been a sponsor? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. How many people have you done it for? I don't, you know, probably 10 and none of... Oh, jeez. But... Because honestly, like, that's the one thing I think I would actually have a hard time with. It's like, because I don't really pick up my phone. <laughs> so Fair. I'd be a terrible sponsor. <laughs> I'm, and some some people are made for that, and some people are made to make the coffee. Yeah. Yeah. It, there you go. And I know that I'm, you know, I've, I've found in my experience, guys that are great at that tend to be older guys who have, like, 
are quasi-retired and like they have made their life sort of 12-step. Yeah. And they're... Be- yeah, because there's certain people who go into recovery that... Like, yeah, that, that's what they do. They make their life, like, not just their recovery, recovery in general. Mm. You know, yeah. Like, it, it's, they try to help other people and, you know, yeah, that kind of stuff. So now I have to do, like, the proper uh, disclaimer because I feel bad that I'm breaking the anonymous portion of this to say, I am not an authority or a representative of Alcoholics yeah. Anonymous. This is just my opinion. <laughs> this is merely my opinion and, like, I in no way <laughs> represent any 12-step program. Right. Uh, you ever relapse in your 11 years? No. Really? No. Wow. Because, I mean, it's like, like 95% or something like that. Like, I love, it's not even wood. You knocked, you knocked on my table, it's not even wood. Oh, there is. Oh, no. There, there is. That's Maybe wood. That's wood. Maybe it yeah. could be. It feels wood-ish. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah no, that's wood. This is not. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, no, bravo. Good for you. Honestly, it, like I said, it's like 95% of people like do within the first year. And it's a part of the process. Like my sister, uh, um... She, uh, yeah, she had a hardcore thing going on and no, she relapsed a couple of times sure. in her first year. Yeah. It's a, it's a part of the process. It's a, it, it, it's, it's not about, you know, it's not about falling. It's about catching yourself. Yeah. That's what it is. Look at, you know, so no, it's crazy. That's, that's what I mean. You're in the minority in that situation, you know, total minority. But obviously you wanted it. I, I did. And it doesn't mean that I've, I haven't found myself in moments being sober this long, completely miserable mm-hmm. and like engulfed in self. And like, just why don't I have X, Y, and Z? And mm-hmm. but for better or for worse, like I never found uh, the need to take a drink over it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is that like, okay, like how long did it take you like um, to be around? Like, can you go to a bar? Yeah, and it's fine. Oh yeah, yeah. How long did that take? I mean, uh, it, not long. Because, yeah, because it's one of those things where it's like, oh, here's booze right here. You don't want any and stuff like that. But also sometimes it's just there's triggers like smells Mm. and things like that that can like really trigger people. Um, So, Uh, yeah, yeah, I have there's a soap in my house currently that had I don't know, maybe like something in that soap is what they use in the cut for cocaine. But something about the smell. So you're not the first person to say, like, at least when it comes to something like that, it was a. uh, this lady that was actually helping my sister, I was doing, I was doing uh, family therapy with her. Yes. But, uh, um, but the therapist, she said like, yeah, I was visiting the school like for my daughter and we walked into the lab and there's this thing that just smelled like cocaine. Yeah. And it was a trigger. It was a trigger for her. Like she didn't do anything. Like, you know, she just had to leave the room. Kind of thing. Mm. But it's amazing that you actually like, you actually have it in your house constantly. <laughs> like, I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I could walk down memory lane. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna wash my hands, like in this cocaine smelling stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like if me, if I find more being around people who are drinking, or like drinking in excess, or or any sort of uh, of of mind altering thing, is that I just get bored. Because like if all drinking was this, where I could sit with someone while they're enjoying a drink, mm-hmm. and we could really connect and yeah. talk, I love it. But the problem is, is that it's usually an excuse for at least guys I've been around to get rowdy, which is annoying. Yeah. And also, I just find like it's a good salve, like poker, for instance. Yeah. I'm a bad poker player because I lose my concentration after an hour because mm-hmm. I'm fucking bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And my friends that can play all night, they're like, well, yeah, I'm like going through like five whiskeys and mm-hmm. it sort of like nullifies. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I just get bored. What, what, did you just get rowdy? Or like what, what kind of, what kind of, 
What kind of drunk or high were you? Were, uh, were you were you rowdy? Were you the quiet type? Did you get introverted? Like what were you? Yes, I think the 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 second one. I was I was sad. I think you you would have felt bad for me. You would no part of you would, brooding. You were brooding. Very brooding. Mm-hmm. Very like stuck in my own head. Um, and I think you would have been like, I don't hate that guy, but I, I don't want anything to do with him. Yeah, no, it, that face he's making over there, not talking to anybody, looking at you know, that kind of thing. It's like, I don't want to hang out with that guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you knew me and you were my friend, you'd just be like, ah, fucking poor Josh, can't get out of his own way. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. So when you did Party Monster um, and saved around that time, before that, was that sort of like your like sabbatical hiatus you had taken between... Movies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the last movie I had done before Party Monster was Richie Rich in 1994. So, so that was what about seven years, eight years. I I took. Yeah. Wow. It was my first. Like, you know, I did a play in London for about a year, mm. uh, for about ten months, um, and that was like yeah, my first acting gig in like forever. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, but yeah, Party Monster was my first act like a uh, uh, movie gig. In, yeah, nearly a decade. Were you itching? No. No, I wasn't itching, uh, but at the same time, it's, you're at the end of high school, you're trying to figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, everyone's like, you know, trying to go to college to become doctors or lawyers or whatever, looking at, and I was like, oh, what the hell am I going to do? Yes. And I was like, you know what, I'm kind of good at this thing, and it's something that I didn't find, it found me. And so maybe I should put my toe in the water. So I put my toe in the water for, for a couple of years there. Like I said, it was doing, you know, some stage stuff over in London, which is great. Because Did you love that? Oh, loved it. Honestly, yeah. it's one of my favorite things is doing stage in London. Because uh, um, also, like, if you really suck, you're fucking 5,000 miles away. So nobody even knows. So nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I had that. I had that. Um, but, um, yeah, and then, yeah, did a couple of films. And then pretty much kind of just didn't really pursue it. Like I kind of just, I would casually kind of do a gig here and there, that kind of stuff. But that was about it. It was so interesting. I remember, you know, meeting you because I was doing a movie with your younger brother, Rory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mean Creek. Mean Creek. Mm-hmm. And I remember. You were good in that. Yeah. Yeah. You were, yeah. You were, you were a proper dick. <laughs> well, that was, a, that's what the part called for us. So yeah, no, you were an asshole and it was great. Like you were a good asshole. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> And I remember, like, it's funny because obviously I knew you and and I loved your movies, but you had come to sort of take over uh, to relieve your mom. Yes. I, it was the first time I got to be a stage mom. Yeah. Yes, because my mother was watching Rory on set because he was underage still. And uh, um, her father had passed away. Mm. And so uh, um, somebody had to watch Rory. So I, I was the one who... Had to like, you know, I took one for the team, didn't go to the funeral so I could watch Rory. But then also I got to be a stage mom. And so I got to hang out with all the other stage moms too. You know? That was amazing. Was like, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it was also like, it was very, very weird. I spent about five minutes with the other stage moms and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, so this is what it's like. Okay, got it. That's all I need. I need yeah, just I'll, like two minutes. I'll be over here smoking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to go over here and sit under this tree and smoke some cigarettes and then, you know, yeah. and then, uh, um, yeah, just kind of. You know, trying to be good to Rory kind of thing. Like, yeah. and, uh, what? He, that's when I learned how to play Halo. Like, he was like, yeah, because, you know, Rory's nine years younger than me. So it was one of those things where it was like, okay, how do we bond? And he was like, I'm playing this game Halo. I'm like, teach me. 
And next yeah. thing you know, I'm now I'm a huge Halo fan. So you know, yeah, there you go. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, well, I remember it being interesting because you know Rory and I would play video games every night, mm -hmm. and how quickly, it, refreshingly, so you were just relegated for me to oh my friend's older brother. Yeah. Like, which was so great. Yes, exactly. That's kind of what I wanted, at least. Like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just some guy. I'm just some guy. I'm just, uh, exactly. I'm your friend's older brother kind yes. of thing. Yeah. It's funny with the, uh, Kieran, uh, um, he's really good friends with uh, Michael Sarah, And it's funny. Michael Sarah, the way he treats me is I am, you know, I am, I am his friend's older brother. Like, it, it feels very high school. Yeah, you know, it feels like yeah, like that kind of thing. Hanging out in a basement, playing video games. Like, no matter how tight I try to get with that kid, nope, nope, <laughs> no, 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 it's not not gonna happen because it's like yeah, no, it's no matter what, it's like there's there's a category, there's a category of like my friend's older brother. You yeah, know? yeah, it, like you need a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's like uh, when it's like your friend's like older sister or something like that. Like, have you have a crush on them? It's like your friend's older brother. It's like. Well, we can't get close because he's like, you know, older and has a motorcycle, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you like, was there when you were, how old were you when you did Richie Rich? Uh, I was 13, just about to turn 14. And had you been feeling up until that point where you were like, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm fucking done yeah. for a while. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I was feeling it since uh, uh, Good Son. Um, yeah. I remember during that production. Like, I'd just been on the road so much, and I remember actually specifically, like, uh, walking down this, like, little road with my with my dad, and we were walking to set, and I, I said, like, I'm tired. Like, I'm a little tired. Like, I, I haven't done a year of school, like, in my school uh, since I was in first grade. Mm. I kind of want that. And he went, like, uh-huh. <laughs> That was, that was about it. And I said, no, I'm on the next gig. I'm on the next gig. I'm on the next gig. Uh, and I get, as an adult, I get his logic, which is like, well, if you're, you know, you treat, treat me like Shirley Temple to a certain extent, where it's yeah. like, yeah, but at the same time, she also, here's your window to make money. Here's your window to make success. Here's your window. And so I get where he was coming from. But he didn't actually like talk to me that kind of way, mm. where it's kind of just like, yeah, like you know, it, it, let me level so, with you. Yeah, he never leveled with me, and so he. Uh, uh, so next thing you know, look at. So when it came to uh, Richie Rich, it was just like I, I was Duns Dunzo. Um, I got lucky, I guess, in a certain way after that because that's when my parents split up, and so he was out of the house, and so I was able to say, "Look, guys, I'm done. I hope you all made your money." I hope y'all, you know, like, I hope you sucked, you know, all the marrow out of this fucking bone over here because I'm done. Wow. I'm done. And cool. I, you know, I've made my fortune. I've made a mark on the world. I'm good. Like, you know, I'm going to figure everything else out from here. Look, you know, but. Amazing yep. having that clarity at 13. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, yeah, and I was like, done. Well, actually, I was 14 at that point because it was one of my favorite things about Richie Rich, at least, was uh, when it was done. The day after, I flew back to New York and it was my birthday. And so yeah, that's when I officially turned 14. And that's kind of, that's a very defined mark in my life was when I turned 14. And I was able to freaking, like, yeah, I was actually able to quit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and now I feel like that, you know, the gigs that I do nowadays, stuff like that, oh, these, these are all things that are like kind of, they're fun for me. It's fun. That's the thing. When I was a kid, 
it was great. It was fun. I liked performing. Mm. I liked being a, you know, I liked being a jackass. I liked making people laugh. I loved that stuff. I was really good at it too. And then when it became something that was a chore, a responsibility, you know, uh, uh, I have to make people laugh for someone to eat their dinner, you know, then it became something else, you know? And so, yeah. So now I'm kind of in a place where it's completely kind of different. And like, yeah, now, now I get to like, I get to play around. There's, there's, there's no strings attached. No one's livelihoods. Are, are put on the line, and, you know. Yeah, so now I can uh, just do some gigs every once in a while, and kind of just be really, really. I'm, honestly, I feel really loose. I've been really loose lately, and it's been it's been fruitful. Well, it's interesting too. Like I remember, and I, I talked about this on the pod. Like last year, after you know, just having like a frustrating run of like opportunities that didn't work out, like projects that didn't go, or like not Red booking Dawn things. Red Dawn 2? Red Dawn 2. It's still in the works. <laughs> <laughs> Red Dawn 2, The Reckoning. Oh, fuck. Never. Resurrection. I, I, I buried that movie. Um, <laughs> so earnest. You're so earnest. <laughs> oh. But I remember like being like utterly done, and I, I went, because, you know, I didn't, have it anywhere close to you but in the same respect like I felt like a I was defined by this thing that I had chosen before I was old enough to really to recognize what you're actually doing what yeah. you're getting into yeah and I you know and and I I, I supported I, I've supported some people throughout my life and so I remember being like at, I know what that feels like you know? yeah <laughs> and at 31 I wanted to say I remember being like I'm done because I want to be allowed to be done yeah for at least however long. You ever see like, those blackjack players when you go to Vegas when like uh they like when they're done with their shift? Yeah. They do the like they clap their hands the and, show you that, and they walk away from the table. Yeah. Yes, I've had to do that too. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I'm I'm done taking care of you. You know, mm-hmm. financially, emotionally, whatever. Look at there's certain times where just because you're the breadwinner doesn't necessarily mean you have to like keep on baking bread all your life, you know. Yeah. Mhm. And it it it's necessary I think too because it's also like I have so many friends who have had so many different professions throughout their 20s and they like said yeah I tried it for two or three years and I walked away it's a little different for people like us because we feel overly like we invested so much time yeah so exactly no yeah we 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 have our foot in a a door yeah we're here yeah exactly just it'd feel weird to be a tax attorney right now you know? Totally. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if you have this, but like for better or for worse, there is slightly that egoic portion for me, which is like that you wonder what people would think if I was like, like no matter what, if I was like, guys, I love real estate. Let me be a real estate agent. No matter what, there'd be one or two people who'd be like, yeah, I'm going to get in the spice industry. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to farm saffron from now on. It's like, no, oh, that'd be freaking crazy. But you know, it does happen though. I mean, the guy who played, uh, I don't know his name, but the guy who played Chunk. In Goonies, he's he's an entertainment attorney. No way. Yes, he could like he could actually do your your you know your contracts for your next gig. Like yeah, it's actually he actually know that he's in the entertainment industry, but as an attorney. But like if Shia LaBeouf <laughs> wanted to go, like <laughs> Chunk can do it. But like <laughs> can Shia? Like... Uh, yeah, touche. I mean, touche. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, but I think I mean I think you know. The, there's the argument that look, listen, we're we're people. We can do anything we want. We're adults. Sure, do anything you want. You know, you're not defined by anything. You know, look, uh, uh, listen. Weird things happen to kids all the time, all around the world. 
So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, just because you fell off a tree when you were a kid or worked in a coal mine or whatever, like that doesn't define you. Yes. And, yeah. If you want to be a freaking entertainment attorney, go for it. Like, you know, yeah. you want to you want to be a guy who runs a coal mine? Go for it. Like, you know, yeah. So there's nothing necessarily wrong with that either. Like, yeah, like if if I wanted to be a you know a, a, a chef, I, I I could probably still pull it off. You know that kind of thing. So. Right. Yeah, you shouldn't be defined by the things that you do when you're young. Because when you're young, you're you're a freaking jerk. You're an asshole. You don't know what the hell you're doing. Cause, no. Yeah, because you're, cause you're a freaking kid. Not even in your 20s, I feel like. No, exactly. No, believe me. Like, yeah, no, it, it, it's when, actually, we're our stupidest in our 20s. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Like, were you able, when you, when you turn 14 and you decide you're done, is it, are you really able to have freedom being in New York City as opposed to being like a famous guy in the sticks? Um, no, I mean, I, honestly, I can only speak to my own experience and that kind of stuff. Um, but no, I mean, listen, I, you know, I, I didn't get it really at school because I was actually a confident enough kid that like, yeah, it was just, if anyone tried to give me any guff, kind of just like, yeah, but like, you know, look, like, uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm like, again, I'm, I'm wealthy and I'm, yes. and I'm established. I'm doing and just. I don't fine. have to do anything else in this, in, you know, for the rest of my life, and I will still be known for another generation or two. You know, like I'm good. Did, <laughs> like, yeah. Did you uh, go to performing arts? No, no, I went to professional children's school. But which, that's performing. It's uh, not it, Laguardia. No, it, uh, yeah, it's not Laguardia. Like, here's the thing: is that it's a thing that's not performing arts school. They don't teach you how to do performing arts. Mm. It's for kids who actually have jobs already. Ah. So like, yeah. So like, yeah, like it, it's like the, the drama class wasn't like a drama class. Like, you know, like, yeah, they're not going to teach you how to act. Yes. Like, yeah. No, it's, it was, it was a correspondence school that when you were in town, you could actually show up and do the stuff. So like, you know, we had professional skaters there and like, ballerinas and Juilliard musicians who all happen to be from Korea. It's really weird. Makes for some sense. reason, for some reason, that. everyone that plays the cello is from Korea. It's weird. Yes. Um, uh, so there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, but like, no, it wasn't like a performing arts thing. It was just, yeah. So no, it did that, but, but it was also, uh, but any kind of walking down the street kind of thing, uh, in New York, at least there was, you know, there's still a, you know, back then even there was a paparazzi kind of thing that was going on, really, which was shitty. Um, Especially because you were under eighteen for a lot of that. Yeah, which no. is fucking ridiculous. No, they, they, they sought me out. They 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 sought me out. Um, and uh, yeah, and just kind of just people in general, mm. like you know, uh, uh, other teens outside of my school, like you know, walking down the street and like a pack of teens. Like if you went into one person, like you know, like that was also like fifteen or whatever, I was be fifteen, right? and they would, uh, um, they would be totally fine if it was one of them. It's like, oh, I'm a big fan. Like you know. Can get an autograph or something like that. Right. When it was like five of them, it's one upsmanship. Yeah, know? it's they, group they, they, mentality. They, 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 try to, they, they try to make a name for themselves in their oh. little group, you know. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff. And there's also creepers, like, you know, they'd be like, uh, be, I, I still have an issue to this day um, where, like, yeah, I remember, like, uh, it happened more than once uh, where, like, an adult or something like that said, like, Can I shake your hand? I go, Yeah, sure, sure. I shake their hand. And they wouldn't let go of my hand. No. And it'd be fucking scary as shit. Still? Yeah. Well, now I don't fuck, you know, now I have like issues. Looking at it, it was, it's like a thing. Because it happened more than once. And they would and hold especially, especially when you're small, too. You're a small kid and they won't let go of your fucking hand. And that's fucking, like, yeah, it, it's scary. It's scary. You know, actually, uh, we were just, I, I was telling you uh, uh, off air that I just went to, uh, um, went to Disney World. 
And uh, my brother Rory was there with his wife uh, also. And all he saw was the end result of this exchange. This guy came up to me. And by the way, guys, don't fucking touch me. People, <laughs> people like touching me. Yes. They do. And this guy came up from behind and he like smacked me on my back kind of thing. Like, hey, you know. And he's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's nice to meet you kind of thing. And then he like stuck out his hand. And here's the thing. Rory only saw the second half of this exchange was when he was sticking his hand. And I went, don't touch me. And then the guy kept on walking. But also, Rory had a fucking hard laugh because all he saw was a guy trying to shake my hand and me going, don't fucking touch me. Like, yeah. and so, in, the, in the happiest place on earth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't touch me. You know? But it was also kind of like, yeah, like, you know, like, here's the thing, especially when, for someone like me, it's, it's either people were raised watching my stuff or they raised their kids watching my stuff. So because of that, they have a weird kind of, I have an accessibility kind of thing that they yeah, feel you were in their more home. so than like if it was Meryl Streep or whatever, you know, if it was Kevin Costner, like they wouldn't just walk up and smack him on the back. You know, they wouldn't like touch him. People like touching me that. And, I and, get that. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Like, right. There's something about when you're a kid, like a child actor, people, there's more accessibility to you. Totally. And also, I always want to tell people, like, in the nicest way possible, I know you know me, but I don't know you. Yeah. Like, and, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't, like... I don't know you. Let that sink in. I don't know I you. I don't fucking know you. Like, what would your parents have told you about strangers? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know you, so it doesn't take away from the fact that if I'm you're treat utterly me like a child, flattered. I'm going to treat you as if I'm a child. Stranger danger. <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck away from me. Look at you. And, like, you can be flattered and yet still be like, I just got to have, like, a little bit of a boundary with you. But thank you. I have very, very, very hard boundaries. Like, yeah. Like, uh, dinner table, absolutely not. Yes. Bathroom, definitely. Like, that, that, that's hard boundary. Look it up. I fucking hate that. Yeah. Because it doesn't happen as much anymore. But, like, yeah, people will try to approach you when you're in the bathroom because, like, you just got up and so they think, like, oh, cool, I got you alone. I'm going to try to... I think they're trying to be subtle. Like, oh, you're in a quiet place kind mm. of thing. It's like, no, I got my dick in my hand. What, are you, what the hell are you doing? And a lot of times they'll actually wait outside the bathroom. And it's like, just like, like I know what you're doing. But still, I, I made very, very hard rules for myself where it's like, yeah, like I said, like just there's certain times where it, it's, I'm, I'm kind of a dick sometimes. I really am. And people go up and go, I'll be like literally in mid-conversation, mid-sentence. And someone will say, Excuse me, I, 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 you know, I don't want to bother you. I say, and I will say, well, then don't. Yes, because <laughs> you are. Because wow. honestly, I am literally like, uh, I can't tell you how many times people approach me when I was like in the middle of a conversation, and I've lost my train of thought, and I was talking about something important, and it's, you know what? I'm so sorry. Like, I, I know I'm being a dick, but I have to put these boundaries up. So it's one of those things where it's like someone comes up and says, I don't mean to disturb you. So, well, please don't disturb me then. You know, like, uh, you know, like, uh, I mean, unless, like, you know, unless you're a make-a-wish kid, like, I mean, like, right. like, uh, like, you know, just don't do it, man. I remember. Um, there's, there's certain times that are okay, but there's certain times where they're just not, like, you know. Pick your spots. Yeah, like, literally, if you see two people in a in a deep conversation, you don't walk up to them. Like, that's the thing is that I want to be treated like a normal person. And if you, I've, I've, I saw, like, two normal people in a deep conversation at a dinner table, I would, I would at least wait till they weren't in a deep conversation. <laughs> but yes. like, no, some people kind of go, 
no, now's the time. Like, it's like, no, now's not the time. It's not. I'm sorry. I, you know, just, you know, I, you know, I love the fact that you love me. You know, I love the fact that you love my work. I love all that kind of stuff. But boy, oh boy, you can't, you can't, you know, yeah, it's just, I'm also a human being. And the reason why I can do all those things is because I'm, I, I have these boundaries and because I'm, a, uh, you know, I need to be a normal human being, you know. I remember seeing uh, Denzel Washington out at a, a, it wasn't a screening, it was like at an, I think it was like a arc light screening of flight. And so it was like not a proper screening, but he was there. And so he literally was like walking away with one person handling him. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing this veneer and, I, and and he's sort of notorious for it, this veneer of like this energy of don't, don't approach me. Yeah, don't talk to me. And I like totally respected it because I've had friends that worked with him that have said nothing but nice things. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that he's one of my favorite actors, but I believe that's been cultivated over time of like, I need to insulate myself to a certain level. It's not personal, yeah. but like, you don't, you don't see national Enquirer stories about him and stuff like no. that. Like, you know, he's perfect. Nobody runs up and just hugs him or nobody like shakes his hand and doesn't let go. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. But it's a very, yeah, you're right. There's like an interesting, it's it's an interesting dance. It's funny. Uh, the other day, I, and I talked about this on the pod. I was you, now I have a whole new experience because I have a son, mm-hmm. and I was walking in the mall with my wife, with my son, and I have to decide that when people approach me that I would normally you know uh, take the time for when I'm with my kid, do I want him to get in the habit of knowing that like dad's attention isn't always on me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's then, heavy. That's heavy. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of have to decide like, do I want my kid to just be okay with that and say like, hey, like this is a part of who your dad is? Or do I want my kid to feel like in 90% of circumstances, like my attention is always on you. Yeah. And yes, yeah. there will be That's certain I mean. moments. There's a heaviness to that. That you know, yeah. And I remember I'm walking in the mall and this guy approaches and I'm with my kid and he's like, what's up, man? And it's just something nice. And, and I took the time and like shook his hand. I said, great to meet you, man. Thank you so much. And then he was like, can I get a photo? And I was like, you know, I'm with my kid. I'm sorry. I, I just, you know. Yeah, I, I have to live my life. You know, yeah. yeah, but nice meeting you. Like a nice, quick interaction. Yep, yep, yep. I not pers- enough. Not enough for him. I proceed to get a letter or a direct message on Instagram, a tirade. How dare you? I've fuck that guy. I've unsubscribed from everything that you have ever done. I I won't give you a cent. Cool, cool. If that's your attitude, fuck you. That you didn't have time for me, and I was like, allow me to make this easier for you, so you're never tempted to refollow me. I'll block you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like uh, good uh, for you. Officially, fuck yourself, because it's yep. like. If you can't appreciate that we had, had a moment mm-hmm. and it was nice yeah. and that I was with my kid and I, I, I made a He specifically even said that too. It's like, I'm with my kid. Like, you know, it's, you know, exactly. Like, I, I, yeah. No, fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck, fuck those kind of interactions. <laughs> Though I love, uh, um, so there was some thing where, uh, I forget what it is, but it's like eight out of every 10 people, uh, if you say you're welcome, they'll say thank you. Hmm. I know it's backwards, but it's the way it works. And the thing is, there's like trigger phrases that'll trigger people. So it's one of those things where you said like, nice to meet you. If you say nice to meet you, nice to see you, it was good talking to you. Or like if you're at a restaurant, enjoy your meal. Yes. Um, people will automatically walk away. 
It's kind of like, nice to meet you. They'll go, nice to meet you too. And they'll walk like five steps away before they even realize they didn't get what they wanted. Yeah. Like, it's really funny. They go, excuse me, can I a picture? Like, oh, you know, I'm not sure if this is a really good time, but like, you know, but, uh, you know, I hope you're enjoying, or whatever, Disney World, let's say. And I hope you're enjoying uh, the rides. Uh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And then they walk away. And then they realize that they're not actually like, yeah. So nice to meet you. Nice to see you. Wow. There's certain trigger things. Where Secret. Yeah. That you just, you just say them and boom. You know, yeah. Like I said, at restaurants, you say, uh, you know, you have a good meal. Oh, you too. And then they just walk away before they like realize. Yeah. You, it's, it's a manipulation. It's, it's, it's social engineering. You it's know? like NL, like a neuro-linguistic programming. Yes, exactly. So you actually, I, I've, I've figured out certain ways to get people to walk away. Like, without, like, triggering them too much. You know what I mean? Like, without the bad kind of triggering. It's more, holy shit, I didn't get what I wanted, but also, you're not a dick either. Like, yeah. So, yeah, there's ways to do it. So, yeah, it's 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 funny. It's uh, um, my special lady friend. Uh, she's uh, always laughs. She goes, you really actually know how to handle yourself. Like, you know, when it comes to, like, fans or at least, like... Because I have nice, I, I have very strong boundaries, mm. but at the same time, I'm also, you know, there's certain times where the boundary, like, as long as you don't cross certain lines, I'm friendly, I'm nice, you I'm actually, and, and, I'm, and I'm always polite. It's the way you were talking to that guy at the mall kind of thing. It's like, you know, you were polite to him, yeah. you know, and, you know, but, like, look, I, I'm okay if the guy at the mall doesn't like me. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. Like, you can send me a direct message, you know what, I'm, I'm you know what, it, it, there's something wrong with you. And the way that this interaction went, and it's not my fault. I, I'm gonna sleep well tonight. You know, like yeah, and, uh, uh, I I figured out uh, like just I have a a thing where it's like I, I I can I can sleep well with my fan interactions. And like look, like I said, I'm willing to be nice. Like look, kids, honestly, I really don't like taking selfies. So if you're listening to this, yes, me for a selfie. I'm probably gonna say no. Like like. Like 19 times out of 20. Nobody looks good in a selfie. Honestly, I'm tired of seeing myself on those Facebook things stuff like that. Like, so I've I've stopped doing that. I don't blame uh, you. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't you're like allowed. it. So and if you're gonna ask for a selfie, have the dog filter on Snapchat ready. Yeah, exactly. Make uh, it fun. I'm just not in control of the whole thing. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, uh, I don't mind sending autographs. That's okay. Uh, but people which, don't want autographs. People don't anymore. want autographs. They don't give anymore. a shit. They don't want that. You know, yeah. Uh, there's a reason why I used to walk around without a pen. For so long, yeah. I didn't want to fucking give autographs, but now like fucking love it. As soon as they put fucking cameras on phones, I was like, I'm weird. in fucking trouble. Yeah. I'm in trouble now. Okay. And you know what? Yep, absolutely. The last fucking 15 years, now they have freaking you know cameras on phones. It's been killing me. It, Tom Tom Hanks had this great thing when TMZ was like berating him outside of a hotel once. He goes, you know, there was a day in which we didn't have to talk to you guys. Like, where you just took our photos and left us alone. Yeah, But, like, exactly. now I gotta fucking talk to you about, like, what I think about the Real Housewives reunion. Like, well, fuck well, yourself. When it, when it comes to those TMZ and, like, the paparazzi, I have a a, a, a non-engagement, like, clause in yeah. my head. Smart. Yeah, where it's like, I don't interact with you. Suffocate they, it. They'll talk to me, and they'll ask me questions, and they'll actually ask me some fucked up fucking things. Oh, I have no like doubt. How do, you, how do you feel about your dead sister? Like, you know, I mean, like, that kind of shit. Like, yeah. Uh, um, no, non-cooperation, non-engagement. And so they have nothing. And they you can follow me to the freaking, at the airport, you'll follow me to the taxi line, and I'll jump in a taxi, and I won't say a freaking word to you. I'll actually pretend like you're not there. Um, or either I'll pretend like you're not there, or I'll just be annoyed at you and physically show you that I'm annoyed at you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just like, 
just like eye rolling, try to hide my face, whatever. But at the same time, I can't encourage that kind of behavior because if that's right. the like if every celebrity that engages in that kind of kind of stuff makes it harder for the next celebrity that they can like interact with. But there's so many that call them. I know. No fucking shit, man. Because it works. Because it works. I recently was walking out of somewhere, and it must have been a slow news day because a guy um, from TMZ got me on camera, and he, he says something to the effect of, like, uh, Hillary Duff recently said something pretty uh, controversial, and, and he's like, I'd love to know what you think. And I, and I stopped, and I said, oh, an opportunity to stick my foot in my mouth? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm going to pass hard like on this butt one. Stuff, you know? Yeah, sure. And I was like, and I'm a big Duffster, so oh, don't go. be talking shit about my girl in front of me. <laughs> Um, all right, final question. Oh, yeah. I ask everyone on the podcast this. Well, actually, you're going to talk about a TMZ story real quick. Oh, I'm ready. Never oh, yeah. mind. So uh, uh, this is the reason why you don't talk to TMZ is – I forget the name of the actor, but he's the guy who played Donkey Lips on Salute Your Shorts. Classic. Classic, right? So he was at an airport, and I will say – and I actually, there's all due respect. He kind of looked like a human thumb a little bit. His, his His neck is a little thicker than, 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 his, than his head even. Uh, um, so he's uh, there in TMZ. Like goes, oh, ducky lips, you know. And so asked him some questions, and one of them was like, oh, uh, oh, uh, where, you know, where are you flying to? He goes, oh, I'm flying back home. Uh, um, but you know, I, I just, uh, sorry, I have to do donkey lips. Mm-hmm. Goes, I'm flying back home, and he, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, um, that's great. And he goes, yeah, but I'm worried about those chemtrails, and. The guy, like, holding the camera goes, what? And he's like, yeah, chemtrails. You know, yeah, I mean, and he's like, so you believe in chemtrails? Well, I am a truther. And then he starts talking about 9-11. No. And all this stuff. No. Yes. Yes, Donkey Lips is a truther. He believes in the 9-11 conspiracy. Hmm. He, uh, yeah, he believes in chemtrails and all that kind of stuff. It's like, listen, kids, listen, Donkey Lips. Don't talk to TMZ. (laughs) <laughs> just in general, like it's, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So that's why we, that's why I do non-engagement because I don't want to be a donkey lips. I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, what's your, what's your question you wanted to ask me at the, because uh, yeah, we're, we're wrapping up and I need to pee anyway. My final question I ask everyone on the podcast is what are your one or two Macaulay Culkin commandments? Truths that you have discovered that you would want to impress upon someone else. Oh, uh, so yeah. Don't be donkey lips. Yeah, don't be donkey lips. I think that's that's gonna be one of them. I think that's that's rule number one. Don't be a donkey lips. Uh, <laughs> just you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Just don't, you can have opinions. Just don't tell them to TMZ. Mm. Yeah, okay. Uh, um, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, you can take your time. Oh, I I know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, here's one of the funny things I'll say about this question is that what I would have told you a week ago would be different when I tell you now. I'm going to tell you five years ago, like that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, five years, you know, like like three years ago, I'd be like, fucking, yeah, drink all the whiskey and do all the cocaine. It's freaking great. Like, yeah, you're going to be fucking smarter. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, you know, you got to find your happiness is... It's funny. I had my uh, my lawyer over uh, last night. He's a New Yorker, but he was in town, and uh, he's seen my house, and he's seen my lady. He's seen my pets. He's seen the whole thing, and you know, like I said, I've known him since I was ten. So I've known him for like twenty eight years, nearly thirty years. Which is a long Hollywood time. That's a that, that's lifetime. forever. That's yes. forever in a day. And uh, I could tell he was like proud of me. You know, he was proud. He's proud of like kind of where I'm at. 
Look, I mean, like right now at this point in my life, I'd say like, listen, find a good woman, buy a nice house, (laughs) get some beautiful cats and get a beautiful dog. Uh, um, But yeah, that would be probably one of the closest kind of things. And uh, also, uh, yeah, and also uh, um, uh, get into football because I got my lady into football and that's why you have those football helmets over there. Yeah, that's right. Hot. Yeah, teach, teach teach your lady how to how to get into football because now we actually wear those helmets and watch football on Sundays. It's no. pretty great. It's awesome. We look totally ridiculous, and it's amazing. That that needs to be a podcast. Yes, yeah, just to, <laughs> exactly. Just the video element alone. Yeah, exactly. The we views. Get, can you imagine? You know what? When you do that, you can headbutt your girlfriend, and it's no big deal. Oh, <laughs> the dream. <laughs> yeah, living the fucking dream over here, dude. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, man. Thanks for ha- thanks for coming over to my house. Of course. Till I know. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yep. Yeah, good stuff, my friend. That was it. That was Macaulay Culkin. How about that, right? Drugs, life, people, existence. Two dudes chopping it up. Chop, chop, chop a You hear that? Chopping it, verbal style. <laughs> anyway, listen to his podcast, The Bunny Ears Podcast, and have a great week, guys. Or don't. It's totally up to you, and I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm an idiot. Love you guys. Bye.